What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the very first episode of the Rocky Top Times podcast, where we talk about all things Tennessee Vols. My name is Sean. And my name's Chase. And today we are diving right into the investigation of our football program and what to expect in 2021. All right, so let's talk about this nightmare of an investigation that's been going on with our program. Um, you know, I'll let you start with some facts. What all exactly do we know right now from the insiders uh, versus, you know, the rumors and stuff like that? What's some concrete things that we know right now? Yeah, so what we know right now, um, as of a few days ago, we learned about the letter of the attorneys that we hired out of Kansas City. Um, the date of that letter was November the 19th, which was um, one month prior to the Texas A&M game is when we all found out about the uh, about the investigation even starting. So they had to have known for some time that some sanctions could be going down and that some, some wrongdoing was, was happening within the program. Um, so that Texas A&M game was when we, like I said, when we first kind of figured out everything uh, was going down and that some coaches may have been involved, some players potentially. Um, but the attorneys that we hire were no, they're not just Joe Schmo off the street attorneys. They're, they're big time attorneys that are charging. Uh, one of them's Kyle Skillman who charges $375 an hour and then Mark or Mike Glazier who charges $500 per hour. Um, so pretty hefty, hefty hourly fees there, Sean. Um, $500 an hour since, $500. since the Texas A&M game. Think yeah. about that for a second. I don't want to hear any more excuses from the administration about, you know, giving a lower contract for a new coach if it comes to that for an up and comer. Clearly UT has the money. So Yeah, I don't think I definitely don't think that money's really the issue in this. I mean, the COVID year, I know we're going to be losing millions and millions of dollars, but um, I know that they expect to recruit that in some way and then um, I mean with the investigation, I know you want to cover all your bases and and make sure that the university itself is doing everything it can to protect itself. Um, from all the different uh, investigations and interviews that they have to conduct and um, findings. So I'm glad that they, they're getting the, the, the lawyers to, I mean, the best lawyers, obviously. So uh, figure out everything that's going on and we can kind of move past it. But um, just a couple of notable cases that these, that these lawyers have been working on. Um, in 2011, they were, they were, the University of Tennessee also hired them to uh, investigate the Bruce Pearl case, which eventually led to his firing. Um, I know a lot of people were not not too happy about that, but mm-hmm. um, in regards to the investigation itself, we don't know a ton about what the what the the offenses are as of right now. Um, initially, it was reported that a lot of the the infractions seemed pretty minor, so we didn't think that it would drag on this long. Um, it looked like there was a lot of maybe some, some improper benefits of coaches letting, letting players, of course they can't have their official visits this year for recruits. So, uh, some players were hanging out with some players on unofficial visits on weekends and maybe they were coaches were paying for hotels or there could have been a number of different things that could have happened. So that's kind of all is, we, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and this is where all these rumors start yeah. to just take fire on social media you have you know the five-star offensive tackle Marius Mims uh, there's reports about him uh, there's reports you know about the Eric Gray situation 
you know, th- this is where it gets a little dicey because we don't know any of this concrete as of yet. But, you know, social media just takes off with this information. They just start pointing fingers at this and that. And you're right, it does seem like it's more than minor infractions because most of the time these minor infractions are self-reported, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and this does not seem like the case. This just seems like an absolute, you know, nightmare of a scenario for Tennessee and the program. And I guess I speak for most of all nation when I say this, but at this point we just want an answer. You know, are we keeping Pruitt or are we getting an interim coach or are we firing Pruitt? We just want an answer at this point because there is not one positive spin you can put on this for it going the way that it's been going and just the unknown. That's why you have you know, all these coaches upset, fans are upset, the media's, you know, having a field day with all this. So this investigation, in my opinion, is a nightmare scenario, and it's in a really bad time for us, too, because you just had the early signing period with recruiting, and now, you know, National Signing Day is right around the corner. I mean, it, it's just a nightmare of a scenario. Yeah, it couldn't really have come at any any worse of a time right at the end of a season whenever um, coming off a three and seven year, of course. Um, I mean, it, with with uncertainty around Pruitt's status as a head coach moving forward into next year, already being in limbo, but now you're adding in an investigation and where they have to, are they going to be able to, to negotiate his buyout or are we going to be able to just completely erase his buyout to where we don't have to pay anything to him at this point we don't know and i think that they they want to do the full investigation just to make sure that we're doing our due diligence on the the tennessee side um, so that if we if we can fire him i mean it could be for cause we we can avoid the buyout um, save us a little money in the end but yeah i mean it definitely can't come as a any in any worse time yeah, and again, that's that's another thing that people are saying. You know, maybe someone from the inside that might have yeah. put this information out to begin with. Maybe they're trying to work some buyout situation with Pruitt. Uh, you know, at this point, a lot of people are asking, you know, does Pruitt even want to be here at this point after this <laughs> mess that's been going would. on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, it's strange because if you watch his introductory press conference, both him and Fulmer both said something that sticks out to me and it says they both mentioned they ever that everybody has to be on the same page you know everyone it doesn't matter what position you work in if you're maintenance or if you're high up in admin everyone has to be on the same page and clearly they are not because somebody leaked this information out somebody doesn't want Pruitt there that seems pretty evident in my opinion yeah I mean it's been I know we were talking about this the other day is like 11 years since I feel like we've had any kind of stable athletic department or any kind of stable coaching situation where we thought it was going to be stable. But then after that 2009 season of Kiffin bolting after a year, I think we kind of, I think everybody just kind of just went in their separate ways and were trying to do everything on their own and um, trying to figure out what's the best for Tennessee without being one group. So I think that that's, that's the problem right now is just the athletic department, the the higher-ups within the University of Tennessee are just not on the same page. They're not necessarily speaking with each other to try to get the best candidate for the position. Um, 
I think right now what we just need with the, with the investigation going on is some st stability within the program coming from the higher ups in Tennessee down to the athletic department, down to the head coach, down to the, down to the, the coaches and uh, all the way down to the players. So that would be something that would be, I think would be uh, put us on the right track. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, one thing that would, you know, kind of kickstart the stability is an answer. You know, yeah. are we keeping through it or not? You know, because whichever decision you go with, roll with it and build on that from there. But we have yet to hear, you know, anything concrete, whether or not Pruitt is staying or going. Yeah. So uh, I guess if you want to take, there is a little bit of a positive in all this mess because we recently hired Kevin Steele, the former Auburn defensive coordinator. We hired him on as a defensive assistant. So not only is that a positive because you know, he's an alum, he's a great defensive mindset in college football, great recruiter, uh, great coach. But also yeah. this might kind of lean toward Pruitt might be staying after that because I don't see how you could hire him on and then just, you know, kick the head coach out. So maybe that's a positive of, yeah. you know, at least ability, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see – I see this as being a win-win situation whether Pruitt comes back or not because I think no matter if Pruitt's on the staff or is the head coach for 2021, I think Kevin Steele's going to be on the staff no matter what. So I think it's a win-win that we can hire somebody with such such tremendous SEC uh, experience, someone that has a pedigree of, of fantastic recruits and fantastic defensive systems. I know his and uh, Pruitt's systems are a little different on the, on the scheme side, but I think that – Steel has, it's kind of ran his defense before, but uh, but in this situation it may not matter as he's a defensive assistant. So I know he's been working with linebackers for most of his career with being the defensive coordinator. So I think that he can step in that position and, and do just fine. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, he's a really good recruiter, and recruiting yeah. is everything. And Lord knows we need it now more than yeah. ever. But, no, you're exactly right. And him, you know, Coach Majors coached him. So yeah. Tennessee's a special place for him, no doubt. So what are some other coaches that, you know, were needing being replaced? Because I know we got a couple contracts expiring. And that's another mystery because I thought, I mean, at least it's out there that we're on a hiring freeze. <laughs> yes, I said hiring freeze. I know, you, I know what your articles are doing. You know who you are. Yeah. But – you know, I, I know we got a couple contracts coming up. A any word or update on any of that information coming out? Well, I mean, I think it was a uh, a shock to most people when they heard that Kevin Steele was being hired because of they heard all those articles with the hiring for you. So there hasn't been a lot of information coming out on, well, first, the, the two positions that we have open for sure right now is the offensive line and the defensive line coach. Um not much movement on there since since Will Friend left a couple weeks ago to go to South Carolina and now to Auburn. Um, defensive line fired Brumball after the Kentucky embarrassing loss there. Um, you know, there's been a couple of candidates rumored for the positions, but I don't think anything concrete's been coming up since since then, really. Yeah, we'll probably have to wait until this, you know, investigation comes to a close or at least an answer or a statement, something yeah. before they can try and get that going. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, yeah. Go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, and then there was a couple of contracts that are up on January the 31st of this year. Um, that would be uh, Chris Winkie, the quarterback coach, which I think a lot of us would be happy if he may be gone. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Brian Niedermeyer, our, uh, a couple of years ago, the, the recruiter of the year, according to a couple of recruiting services. So that could be a potential big hit, but I think he was – He's been said to be involved in some of the investigation uh, things, so uh, he could be an, an out for us, maybe maybe avoid some, some infractions from the NCAA if we kind of use him as a scapegoat to, to kind of clear up some, maybe get rid of a coach to kind of lessen our infractions. So I don't know if he'll return, and I think that that could be one of the reasons why Kevin Steele was hired as a, as a defensive assistant to kind of help out with the linebackers. But even with the linebackers last year, I mean, we know we could cover the slant over the middle, and I know that was uh, Niedermeyer's position coach there. Right, and, you know, a lot of people have been very unhappy with quarterback play since Winky yeah. has been there, and I, for one, have been very unhappy with our pass coverage on defense. You know, I've read somewhere that, you know, we finished 3-7, and seven, which is terrible. But Awful. our defense, our rush defense – in the SEC, all SEC conference schedule, we did not give up a running back. We didn't allow him to rush over 100 yards on our defense. That just shows how bad our pass coverage was because we went 3-7 and seven in the SEC. Uh, I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. And you're and right. Are, this is a secondary that's being coached by Derek Ainsley, who came from the NFL as a renowned secondary coach. Also with our head coach, Jeremy Pruitt, coming from – Alabama, who was the secondary coach there, or cornerbacks coach, one of the two. Uh, I mean, last year I know we didn't have this problem of, of secondary problems, and I know Pruitt had to step in to be the defensive uh, defensive line coach halfway through the season, so I know that could have had some issues. Um, Bryce Thompson was hurt a lot of the year. I know Alante Taylor was hamstring issues as well. Uh, so, I mean, we were just kind of plug and play back there, but, I mean, still it was it was embarrassing to watch. And, you know, Niedemeyer may be one of the best recruiters out there, but if you can't coach up your talent, I mean, gosh, how long have we been saying that at Rocky Top? You know, we have the, we just can't play to our potential. But, but I mean, like, if, if Niedemeyer can bring in these best recruits and we go 3-7 and seven while our rush defense is so good and you can't, you know, defend the pass, you know, you got to go. Somebody's got to coach them up. Yes, exactly. You got to get the best out of your players. You have to, and that goes for Winky too. You know, yeah. JG. You know, say what you best want about the kid. Player he, ever. Yeah, I mean, he must <laughs> he must look like Peyton Manning in practice. But you know, I will say this: when JG first arrived to Tennessee, and you know, his first few starts, our line was awful, and he yeah. got he got he t- he got taken a lot of hits. He took a yeah. lot of hits. And, you know, maybe that – I don't know if that altered his play, you know, for his junior and senior year, but he definitely took a step back. He definitely regressed, and that, that's on Winky. That's on Garantano's decision-making. And, you know, and we just – the other day news got out that he's going to Washington State. You know, we wish him the best of luck. You know, he yeah. – I truly think he, you know, tried his best for Tennessee. He might have made some head-scratching decisions, but, you know, at the end of the day, these are kids. You want them – you, you should be rooting for them if they're wearing orange, regardless. So, um, yeah, so but yeah. yeah. Go ahead. 
Yeah, say what you will about JG. I mean, he, he came off the bench last year and helped us get to that eight-game win streak that we carried into this year. Um, I know a lot of us have our feelings about him. Um, I know he has a lot of, of great qualities. I mean, he was one of the toughest quarterbacks I've seen with that, that offensive line he came in with, like you said. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a tough few years for him, and I think I think he'll do better in the Pac-12 and and uh, a little bit more of a forgiving fan base over there in Pullman. You're exactly right, and you know it's kind of, I guess it's kind of good for him to kind of get a breath of fresh air, you know, just completely yeah, just out of away. the SEC. Exactly, you know, just start fresh. And he also had to learn, you know, completely different offenses, you know, with yeah. Butch Jones' spread to, you know, Pruitt's old school. So, yeah, he, he had to learn some different offenses. Still, we're not trying to make excuses or anything. He yeah. definitely should have played much better than he did, especially that whole <laughs> Alabama play. Don't get me started. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we wish you the best. So, um, you know, this investigation is taking so long. And like I said, you can't put a positive spin on it because there's no answer yet that most of these coaches are already signing with new teams, you know, like assistant coaches and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it kind of brings to the, brings up the question, who would want to come to a school that could potentially have Pruitt on the hot seat if he returns in 2021, you know? Uh, it kind of, you don't want to set him up for failure. You don't want to have that instability. But what are kind of your opening thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's definitely a tough situation for any coach that's wanting to come in uh, to the staff. At this point, most of the, the well-known big-time coaches are already finding jobs uh, with other programs. You know, a lot aren't, aren't holding out for a 3-7 and seven program with the coach on the hot seat, I can tell you that. So, With I, the administration, that yeah. might not be – yeah. that might not have your back. Yeah. And at this point, if we're going to hire somebody that's, that's a well-known name, that's that's been in the business for a long time, that has lots of experience, we're going to have to overpay them. We're going to have to, you know, just – pay their buyouts like crazy they're gonna they're gonna want all kinds of incentives i just the investigation is just taking a toll on just the timeline of of hiring and recruiting and trying to get transfers in here it's uh it's not a good look for us right now i can tell you that no it's not and you know not only do the player not only does you know you have to get these coaches and get ready to you know hit the ground recruiting get them to recruit for tennessee but you also have some roster turnover and with COVID year, there are a lot of seniors and juniors that, you know, were probably thinking, I can't take another year of this. <laughs> so, uh, real, arguably, the most notable one is Trey Smith because, you know, of everything he's been through, you know, he's a pretty – I mean, I'm sure he's got potential to go in the first draft, depending on who you ask. But he has all the talent in the world, definitely yeah. a VFL. So, if anybody deserves to – go to the NFL and make their money it's that guy right there yeah I, I would say arguably one of the most beloved Tennessee balls since Juwan Jennings left just last year but um, I mean yeah I mean all the all the best for Trey he has to go make his money now with with some health conditions that we know of and um, yeah hopefully he can get in the first round maybe second but yeah some other players that we know that's going to be gone that that were that were big time starters last year. We got DeAndre Johnson, who had the most sacks for us last year. Uh, moving on to Miami, and then we have uh, Bryce Thompson, who declared for the NFL Draft, cornerback. Josh Palmer accepted a Senior Bowl invite. Um, wide receiver that's going to be going into the NFL. 
uh, hopefully. Ty Chandler just announced that he was going to uh, North Carolina uh, to be running back there. And then one we actually just learned about today, Wanya Morris has entered the transfer portal. Don't know what is going on there. And uh, I would have to say that, that Pruitt's uncertainty is, is definitely behind that one. Um, I'd say out of all of those that are transferring, he's our biggest hit for sure. Um, You're exactly right. You know, we need quarterback protection, especially with our quarterbacks that, you know, it's up to Bailey right now. Um, we'll, we'll get to Hendon Hooker in a minute, but Harrison Bailey, you know, if he wins the starting job, he's going to need all the protection he can get. Yeah. And Wanye, you know, we were relying on him. You know, he was a freshman All-American. He was, you know, all-team SEC this year. So that that's a big hit if he ends up leaving hopefully he withdraws his name <laughs> kind of like sean Schamberger did but yeah. we'll see but there he's rumored to be going to oklahoma something like that yeah there's some and, some big 12 big 12 teams that he's been rumored to somewhere some schools in texas that he was i've heard of in houston and maybe potentially texas to go play with sark um yeah i mean i've also heard florida was another one if he goes there then good riddance um Oh, so I, I hope, I hope he does not go there. <laughs> hope. And, and you know, Ty, a lot of people were surprised about the Ty Chandler move. And, you know, best wishes to Ty. I know he's from the Nashville area, but, you know, it, it's it, it's he's looking got, like. Crowded. Go. He's got a crowded running back room next year. He does. And, you know, Eric Gray is emerging to be one of the better backs. Assuming he stays with us, or you know, God forbid, he puts his name in the transfer border as well. But you know, if Gray returns, we have a loaded running back room. We probably have about five or six people at least deep. Yeah. You know. Well, who are the uh, the two recruits that we got? I know one was from the JUCO ranks, and one was a uh, highly talented Tyron, uh, Tyron Evans. Yeah, Tyron, Tyron Evans or Tyon Evans, Tyron one of the Evans, two. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Cody Brown was the other one. So yeah, Cody Brown looking, looks like your typical pounder back that yeah, we yeah. that we need that we've been missing. Yeah. So those, and then we got D Beckwith, who we saw a little bit of at the end of the year. Huge, six five, like two hundred pounds, bigger than Derrick mm-hmm. Henry. Not as doesn't weigh as much, but um, we could maybe see him in the running back room. I know we saw it a little bit. I know that Pruitt kept saying last year that he loved him in the um, with the ball in his hands. So and maybe the guy that surprised. Right, yeah. And the guy that surprised me was Jabari Small. Oh, I yeah. Mean, he looked yeah. really strong. He looked explosive. And in preseason, nobody was really talking about him. No. And he just emerged, and he looked good. I was very yeah. surprised by him. Yeah, I was very encouraged by that. Right. So transfers coming to Tennessee. Um, you know, position groups that we need as far as the transfer market goes. Uh, Hendon Hooker uh, from Virginia Tech. Tell us a little bit about him, what you know. Yeah, I know he's definitely a dual-threat guy. He has a big arm, uh, super fast. I know he played a few games this year. Uh, I didn't follow much of Virginia Tech's year, but uh, I know he had a few good games. I know he's rushed for a lot of yards, rushed for a lot of touchdowns. Also has a great arm, like I said. and uh, I think he's going to come in and compete for the starting job. I know we got Bailey coming back. We got Salter coming in. Uh, but I think he has a good shot. It sounds like this is the kind of quarterback. I know a lot of us think that Chaney's more of a, a pro-style quarterback, but 
it sounds like Cheney's wanting more of the dual threat now where he can run some of the, the run pass option offense. So I think he's going to be uh, a big time, uh, big time competition within the within the quarterback room. Yeah, you know I've heard nothing but great things about Hendon Hooker. You know he's I mean, he's an upperclassman, I believe, so he's yeah. going to have a lot of experience, and it'll be his first time in the SEC. You know, so hopefully that talent can transfer. Yeah. I know I know the SEC is a different animal, especially yeah. this year with the ACC, because you literally have. Clemson and everybody else. You can make an argument for North Carolina. But, you know, hopefully everything transfers over and he plays really well for us. Yeah. And we have some, you know, some more positive news about returning players. Now, we're going to talk about returning players that could have gone to the NFL. So, we're not going to mention Henry T. So... You know, who, who who do we got as far as returning players coming back to us that could have left? Yeah, I think one of the ones that we thought that definitely wouldn't be coming back at the start of the year was Cade Mays um, coming back to potentially play with his brother Cooper next year. I think Cooper has a good shot at starting in either a guard or a center position um, with Brandon Kennedy. Um, I don't know if it's been said for sure if he's coming back or not. I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's leaving. I think um, he's leaving too. All the yeah. insiders said that keep saying he could file for social security if he wanted to. <laughs> Seventh so, year. Yeah, he's, you're, you're, he's not getting any for younger. As long as uh, what was that? What was that wide receiver's name from Clemson? Oh, Henry Ren- Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Hunter Renfro. He's running. Yeah. <laughs> giving him a run for his money. <laughs> Twelve year senior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's great news about Kay though. You know, yeah. obviously his family has Tennessee ties, so oh, yeah. that's. Um, we're all ecstatic to have him. We, we will welcome Cade Mays with open arms. Yeah. Who else we got? Yeah, we got Daryl Middleton, defensive lineman, defensive end. Um, big old boy, like 6'7", 300 pounds, coming back next year for um, for his free year. Matthew Butler announced uh, a couple days ago that he was coming back as well. Big-time defensive lineman, probably one of our best, to be honest. Um, and then another one, emerging star that we, we – uh, Saw more towards the end of the year, Beulis Jones Jr., wide receiver, uh, coming back for his uh, free year as well. That is huge. Beulis Jones Jr. And I was screaming at my TV mid and early season, why don't we give that guy the ball more? And I guess somebody listened to me because he went (laughs) off those last couple games. And it, it just... It's another mind-blowing thing, you know. Just another thing that drives me nuts. Why, why didn't they give him the ball more? But him and Hyatt. that's huge. That yeah, I know that that's huge that he's coming back and hopefully get some really good film out there for scouts and stuff like that. So yeah. let's obviously Pruitt's still the coach as of now. Nothing's been concrete about him leaving. But let's play a scenario. What what would happen without Pruitt if this administration decided to fire Pruitt today? Let's take a look and see what all that's going to do. So I know we kind of ran some numbers, but the buyout for Pruitt is about $12 million. Is that correct? Yeah. Plus his assistant buyouts? Yeah. So I think it was it was just just south of $20 million or so, I think, in total buyout money that we'd have to pay everybody, assuming that none of the, none of the uh, Pruitt staff would be retained. Um, of course, we don't know that with Pruitt still being the coach. Let's just be clear that Pruitt is still the coach right now, and we this is all hypothetical what could happen in 2021 if Pruitt's gone. So, right, um, yeah, yeah, and you know that that's a lot of money. 
you know, it's okay. probably about as much as you're paying those attorneys for a couple hours. <laughs> but yeah, I think I yeah, saw a report you, at the beginning of the year that said that Tennessee could could possibly lose about fifty million dollars this year, and I mean, twenty million dollars in just firing coaches is about what forty percent of that. So add another twenty million to that to that fifty million, you're looking at seventy million in losses on top of paying COVID. for the investigation. After a COVID year where you yeah. can barely sell any tickets. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Like I said, there's no positive scenario in this investigation going on. Yeah. You know, going three and seven. Uh, so if we had a magic wand, again, Pruitt's still the coach, but if he was gone, we're just going to barely talk about this because we don't want to spread any rumors or anything like that. But if you had to replace him for a head coach, you know, who, who would you do? And let's do like a realistic Scenario. I don't want to hear John Gruden. I don't want to hear Peyton Manning. You don't what, want no what's groomers a, anymore. No more groomers. My goodness. <laughs> Give me a heart attack last time. But I, but, but I heard his wife was in your looking at houses last week. <laughs> uh, I heard that. I heard that he had orange juice the other day. So that's a clue. You know, it, it's just ridiculous at this point. Yes. So what's a realistic, you know, coach that you could see coming in here if they decide to get away from Pruitt? A couple that I've heard um, was Chadwell from Coastal Carolina, up-and-coming coach that doesn't have a ton of experience, but um, had a really good year at Coastal Carolina last year. I don't know if I would be excited about that hire or not. I I want somebody that can bring in stability that's had a lot of experience at high-level football. And uh, he just, for me, he just doesn't bring that. So I I think he would be a good coach. He would bring a lot of of young energy to him he may be able to recruit well he may he may be kind of like a, a butch jones in the beginning where he he kind of brought some some passion back to the fan base and some some energy but he's just he's not my choice um, if i was the athletic if i was philip fulmer and i had to fire pruitt tomorrow my first call would be gus malzahn i think he he brings a lot of a lot of experience he brings a lot of um good relationships around the, around the South that we need in, in Alabama and Georgia, Louisiana, Florida, and Texas. Um, some places that we need to, that we need to be in there for recruiting. And, um, he has a lot of good relationships with some high level coaches that he could potentially bring with him. Um, so I think he would be my, my stability leader in the house right now. You know, I was against the Malzahn hire if Pruitt was gone at first but the more it sits with me the more i'm uh, the more i'm on board you know malzahn he did he did all right at auburn you know he how many times did he beat how many times did he just beat the uh nick saban the most winning national championship coach in in the history of college football you're exactly right you know only a hand how many coaches can you say have beaten saban more than once Uh, only a handful and he's He's one of them, you know. You can count him on one hand, let's just say that. Exactly, yeah. You know, he's a consistent eight wins. Sounds really good if you're a Tennessee <laughs> fan right now. Really good. And I, and it's almost kind of like the safe hire. You know, yeah. it, it, it kind of reminds me of, I know I'm comparing apples to oranges, but whenever we let Bruce Pearl go, we hired a great coach in Rick Barnes. It was kind of like a safety net, has a bunch of experience. And now look where we are with basketball, you know. So I think it would be the safest hire. Um, I, I know a lot of people are saying Hugh Freeze. 
Listen, I don't Hugh think Freeze, that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Hugh Freeze is an amazing coach. He's an amazing offensive mind, amazing recruiter, but I just don't see it happening. A lot, a lot of, I believe he does. Does I do think he's going to come back to a Power Five level head coach? For but sure. I just don't. I just don't see it happening with us. I, 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 there's rumors out there that him and Fulmer don't get along, and you know, with this investigation being such a mess, I just don't see us hiring somebody who could potentially have more investigations. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying it will happen, but I'm just saying I don't. I don't see it happening at all. With yeah, this. there's. I think. See, my safe hire would be Malzahn, but I don't think he's. I don't think he should be considered a safe hire. I think he should be considered one of the best options that we have. Um, there's so many other candidates out there that are that are up and comers like we've had for the last 11 years that are just not what we need at this time. Um, another yeah. one that we we had heard was also Doug Marone, who was just the fired head coach at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I don't know how I feel about that one. I think I've done some research on him, and I, I mean, he sound, he took a Bills team with a Tyrod Taylor to, uh, almost to the playoffs. I know he got to the playoffs with, with Blake Bortles, and I know he, he took him pretty far in the playoffs. Had a few good seasons there. Um, I think he would be for – I think I would consider him a – a relatively safe hire and someone that could maybe bring some stability who could bring some some good coaches with him but you know I just don't know much about him to to really have a, a good good opinion about him yeah you know I, you know me I'm not a big NFL guy but yeah. for whatever reason just getting an NFL coach to me just doesn't sound like it would be successful I know people are going to say look at Nick Saban but Nick Saban's an exception. Name me another coach that did that in his one. Well, Nick Saban titles. didn't have much success in the NFL either. Exactly. Yeah. I think he had and a losing it, record. He was barely positive one. Yeah, exactly. And the NFL game, as far as head coaching goes, is so different because you have owners involved. It's definitely much more of politics and a business. Yeah. And also, I kind of just worry about recruiting for nfl coaches coming back you know there's rumors out there that jeff fisher might become isn't i know he's interested interested it's, yeah. that's been confirmed but you know I, I don't know if that dude can recruit like yeah i mean he's in his 60s you know and i know i know saban's old too but nick saban's nick saban you know he's, i don't i don't see jeff fisher hitting the road recruiting very yeah. well and his style of play i mean when's the last time he was real good with the titans i mean that was forever ago so he went from the Titans to the Rams, and then he was fired there. And I think there, he's been rumored for some other positions at some other point for head coach. And I, I don't think he would be that that good of a hire, in my opinion. No, and just look at this past year in college football; it has changed so much from the year before to now. I don't Offense know if COVID wins games. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I mean, typically, you know, in the past few years, you know stout sec defense is who you would rely on now that's not the case i mean you need to get a high-powered offense now and we literally that just took a turn this past season yeah i think that's something that you know if we move forward with pruitt i think that's something he has to adjust on is is either just 
getting out of the influence of the offense and letting Cheney do his job, or um, if, if Cheney is the one that's actually the one that's calling the plays, then maybe he needs to go as well. To We just have to – we can't score 17 points a game and not expect these offenses that we're playing against to, to score less than us. Uh, no. It's just, it's just not going to happen. You're exactly right. And just there were no adjustments no. in any second half of football that I saw this season. None. We scored – we scored, what, 20 points in the second half all year? I mean, it's just ridiculous. And you're right. We don't know if Pruitt is handcuffing his coordinators. You know, it certainly kind of looks that way, but I just have a hard time believing that he would pay Chaney, what, like 1.6? 1.6 million, yeah. $1.6 million, and then he's not going to let him do what he's paying him $1.6 million to do. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just that just doesn't make sense to me. And Ansley's making, you know, a million? A million, yeah. We also yeah. have, going back to earlier, Kevin Steele coming from Auburn. Auburn owes him a little more than, I think, $5 million or so um, as a buyout. He was the highest paid assistant coach, period, in the in college football at $2.5 million a year. He won we're getting him, of the year. We're getting him for I think four hundred and fifty thousand. So, I think we're getting a pretty good steal there for a, a really really good coach. No matter if Pruitt's here or if if he's gone. No, yeah, I, I'm very excited that Kevin Steele is back. Yeah. So, but yeah, and you're exactly right. You know, we just we got to do something on offense. We got to change it because yeah. if it's the same thing that we saw. It's going to end up costing Pruitt his job and probably most of the staff as well. Yeah, just watching. I mean, going to the to the Alabama Ohio State game the other day in the national championship, it was just a, watching them and then just even thinking about our offense was just ours is just atrocious. Like there was there's no creativity. There was no like you could predict every single play that was going to happen. So I think something needs to happen on the offensive end. Uh, whether that's just letting Cheney call his plays or, you know, maybe it's the, maybe it's the talent. Who knows? So, serious question here. Do you think we played Alabama closer than Ohio State? No, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think that... I think Alabama knew that they would have to come out strong against Ohio State to win the game. Uh, and I knew, I think that Alabama knew that if they just, because I think we held uh, Devontae Smith to like 70-something yards in the game against us. And, I mean, he's had 200-yard games. He had 215 yards in the first half uh, against Ohio State. So I think there was a, a big difference in game plans there. <laughs> Shout out to that defensive back from Ohio State calling out the Heisman winner. Yep. Sean you know, Wade. the dude, the dude won. Poten- yeah, he was a potential – top 10 pick this year and I think we just uh, made him come back for his next year or Alabama uh, made him come back for his next year oh yeah and you know it's insane to me that uh, you know he is that good he won player of the game and he played in the first half first half has that ever happened before in the title <laughs> game I mean that's that's insane yeah that game was that game was over quick and it was it's just so different watching them and watching us it's just crazy I know, and it's strange because Pruitt's from Alabama. He's coached alongside Saban. He's coached alongside uh, Jimbo Fisher. He's coached alongside these really good coaches, yeah. and I just hope that translates. You know, 
and no, make no mistake here, we want whoever the head coach of Tennessee is to succeed. Because yeah. if you don't, you're pretty much root, you're rooting against the Vols here. So we, yeah. we're we just a couple fans who bleed orange. We want to make sure whoever is the head coach, we want them to succeed. I hope Pruitt is the guy. I hope this gets turned around if he's still our coach. So Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a stereotype of the typical Vol Twitter out there that's just – that wants everybody that comes to Tennessee to, to fail. And, I mean, that's not, you know, 99% of, of Tennessee fans want whoever is in the, the head coaching office to succeed. Uh, so I think that just the administration and this investigation dragging things on is just, just really hindering the, the potential that this position could be. As, as most would call it a top, you know, now it used to be a top 10 job in all of the country i don't know about now for sure probably not now but <laughs> right. um, it's definitely losing steam as a as a as a great job and that's another discussion you know you know do we hire a coach that can kind of put us back in that middle tier program and then try and get another coach after that if that succeeds to make us elite again you know it, it's just hard to figure that out too because you know I definitely think Malzahn will bring stability and, you know, eight wins a season in the East and stuff like that, and he could make us, you know, at least mid-tier again. Heck, I just want to compete for the East. A lot of people are trying to say, let's just go back to the Natty. We need to compete for the East first (laughs) because Florida and Georgia right now are light years ahead of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it it says a lot about the University of Tennessee and the facilities and the fan support. Um, that even these these top ranked recruits are still coming here during terrible seasons. So I, they can see the potential here, and I, I hope the administration sees that potential and they know that they can get, you know, they can go after some big time targets in the in the coaching searches and and uh, hopefully bring some stability back. I think that's the that's the key word for 2021 Tennessee football is stability. Stabilities and just freaking answers to this nightmare of an investigation. This is the twilight zone ever since Kiffin has left us. Yeah, it's it's not. You could argue, you could argue we had a couple good years with Butch, but yeah, Butch beat Florida and Georgia. Yeah, exactly. That. Thank you so much. Butch beat Florida and Georgia, and in the same year he lost to South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Get out of here with that. He he should have at least won the East. So, yep. Didn't win in a single time. But, yep. You know, uh, good news is 2021, you know, should be an easier schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there's one game left to be decided on. I think that's the, the biggest thing for Pruitt to come back next year is it's coming back to an easier schedule. Um, typical SEC schedule in the East and then plus Alabama. And then our crossover game is if, uh, the Wayne Train and Ole Miss, uh, so that'll be a tougher game next year. As I think I was looking on ESPN, and I think Ole Miss was ranked in the top twenty-five for the way too early top twenty-five for next year. So, of course, we were not. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be it's an easier schedule. I, I think we have Bowling Green, South Alabama, and uh, Pitt as our non-conference games right now, with one to add. Um, with COVID still being a thing in 2021, you never know if the schedules are still going to get messed up like they were this year. So um, this could potentially be a non-factor. Yeah, and it sounds like Georgia State's not on the schedule, so that's always a yeah, plus. So now. we should be. Them and BYU are 
We'll never play them again, I guarantee that. Good night, man. <laughs> that, that just drives me nuts just thinking about that. So. I know. But, but, yeah, hopefully easier schedule and brighter days are ahead for this program, for this fan base, and, you know, whoever's the head coach at the time. Right now, though, it's if I had to put a percent on it, I'd say it's 60 40, 60% saying that Pruitt is coming back just because of the whole Kevin Steele thing. Sean Schamberger withdrew his name. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are leaving in the portal and put their name out there, but I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me that you would hire Steele and then get rid of Pruitt. And you can make the argument that they're, tr- they're going to have Steele in their back pocket to promote him. Or, um, there's also people are saying that T. Martin might be an interim coach. You know, nothing's concrete, but my opinion, I think Pruitt is back for 2021. If I had to put a – I wouldn't even know where to put a percentage on it. I feel like it's (laughs) – I feel like he's gone one day, he's he's back the next day. So there's some some information maybe that Pruitt could be interviewing with some some of the investigators uh, tomorrow on January the 14th. Maybe by the time you listen to the podcast, he could have already interviewed. Who knows? Maybe we already find out everything. That would be some great news. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, and let me make it clear. Right now, at this second, I think Pert will be back. That could change, yeah. you know, with by the second. Uh, with yeah, within like stuff. 10 minutes from now. Exactly. With how this information goes and all these rumors and social media, it's just crazy. So yep. any any final thoughts or anything before we wrap this up? Um, let's bring some stability back to the to the the UT and uh, go balls. Yeah, I just want an answer so we can go one way or the other. So, administration, please give me do an your work, please, because we please. are throwing a lot of money at attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna do it for this episode of the Rocky Top Times podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And follow us on Twitter at RockyTopTimes98. Leave us some comments in there and let us know what you think or what you want us to talk about in the next episode. We love the interactions. Go Vols!